sloppy seconds has made it to 2023 our first podcast of the new year i hope everyone had a happy holiday um and i'm excited about this podcast i brought on my good friend gil to talk about bulls basketball it was sort of like a state of the union address but for the bulls so it was kind of funny um we talked about potential trade scenarios the bulls might explore the progression of our young guys especially patrick williams and then we also touched on things like if Billy Donovan is the right guy for the job and much more. So tune in and, exp- and hopefully you guys enjoy. Um, and if you have any topics you would love to hear us talk about, please message me and let me know. And we'd be happy to discuss here at the Sloppy Second. So thank you. Hi, Jer. How's it going? Good, man. How's everything? Uh, pretty good. I came prepared, so I'm ready to go. Um, work's going good, but this is a good way to... Uh, Open up the day or close up the night. Good, good. Happy, who's listening? Good to, good to have you on. Yeah. Um, were you at the game yesterday? The Bulls game? Yeah. No, I was or, not. Oh, okay. I thought, like, when you were texting the group, I thought you were, like, at the game. No, I was just watching, man. Passionate fan. Yeah, dude. That was a great game. Patty started, finally started to show up, offensively at least. Oh, yeah. No, I thought Patrick uh, did good. I, I I have him in my notes for some of the stuff I want to talk about. But obviously, uh, you're the you're the host. You're the leader in charge. So however you want to take this and and run, um, yeah. I'm good with. But I, I also have some uh, some just I have I have some uh, you can call them gill stats more or less. Um, yeah. Some just random uh, information about specific teams that we've played and matched up against. Um, mm-hmm. I have some of my own thoughts on like the direction of the team and what I kind of am looking for, but then uh, also kind of uh, Patty and then I have three questions that I want to end by asking you. So that, yeah. that's all. That's what I brought. Uh, you can kind of hopefully build that in, bake that in, however much you will. Yeah, dude, for sure. I mean, this the podcast. We always have like a free flowing format. A lot of the times, like we're just we're spitballing things come up that we weren't even expecting. Someone makes like a a really hot take and we just go at it. So. If you find that those those questions fit, you want to just ask them, go ahead, or you can we can just even just go like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And we can go right into it because I just ask, I just have a few questions on the season, like what are your thoughts, like like you have probably, oh some yeah, specific, some specific people I want to talk about, um, yeah, and and I have some like I have like some scenarios as well, like top three like possible scenarios that the Bulls could take, and I want to see like which one you'd go for, mm-hmm. um, so we can get into that as well. I, I we have the segment. Uh, patty or the field which is basically i'm going to name like all these young players um around like so patty was drafted in 2020 right right so we're trying i'm going to name guys from the 2020 and then 2021 draft class basically like highlighting the best players from each and then i want you to say i want you to say like who you'd say you'd take like when you say patty or the field um so that that segment is going to come later um yeah, and then we can get into like some general some general thoughts and then any closing thoughts you have like about the Bulls, um, about anything that you want to talk about the stats because I have some stats as well um, that I think okay. it could be interesting for the for the viewers. Oh yeah, for sure. I have I have my own stats too. We probably have some uh, overlap in some of our information too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going like getting into it, like the season, right? We're seventeen mm-hmm. and twenty one. 
not right. ideal what we thought we were going to be, but still playing better than uh, of late than we have at the beginning of the year. I mean, the last nine games were six and three. We had some good wins against Miami, the Knicks, the mm-hmm. Bucks, the Nets, um, but we also had some tough losses. Um, right. Like the like the cat uh, the Cavs where Donovan Mitchell scored seventy one, um, and stuff like that. But like the thing is, the thing I've been noticing of late, even though we are winning, I want to hear your thoughts about this. Is it a little concerning to you that even though we might be winning some of these games, Giannis? How much did he he scored over fifty? Giannis oh, scored yeah. over fifty. Mitchell scored seventy one. Who did Durant we, play la- who did we just beat last night? Um, the remember? Nets. The Nets yeah. and the Durant scored forty four. Yeah. Yeah, is that concerning to you at all? That even though that you know these games are we're maybe winning some of these games, but these these guys, the best players on these teams, can get their basically any bucket they want at will. Yeah, I honestly that's a good that's a good uh, thing that you brought it up because um, the one thing I think the Bulls struggle with the most is like having like that one guy that can shut down you know basically any player top to bottom in the NBA. Like I think mm-hmm. every player you or every team kind of has a guy that's either like a really good defensive stopper or they're like an all around player. That's, you know, up and coming player, like a John Morant or, you know, someone that, or, you know, even Donovan Mitchell that brings up the uh, whole vibe and aura of a a franchise or a team. Um, That's one thing that I have. Uh, One of my thoughts, honestly, was like uh, one common theme that I found as a fan is for me, no lead is too big. This This team plays in bits and bunches. And what, what I mean by that is sometimes, like, they're non-existent. For example, last night in the game, I think there was a three-minute and 30-second stretch where mm-hmm. the Bulls and the Nets both did not score any points. And I think that's a true, uh, you know, replication of what the Bulls are and what they've turned into this year um, compared to last year because, obviously, the first half of last year was so exciting. Um, obviously, right. we were in first place going into the All-Star break, and we had all momentum on our side. And in my opinion, Lonzo Ball's injury played a huge role into the team's demise and fall into the, uh, I think we were seven or eight seed. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Um, Mm -hmm. And to me, what that showed is um, how important he is to the team, but also like how we almost have to discover a newfound uh, part of the team or someone needs to emerge from all of this to really like, there needs to be a fourth person that comes into this. Because I I honestly... uh, at first was very off Vooch. And I think too mm-hmm. much of the time I put too much blame on Vucevic. Um, and that's one right. thing that I'm starting to realize is um, I, I, I was talking to Tom today at lunch, actually. And I said, Vooch is like a, uh, he's like a Porsche, but it's being like, so like, it's a very, by design, it's a very well-built car. It's, it could be a very good, big, extremely good footwork inside um, amazing score offensively, but, a liability defensively is what they said. And I mm-hmm. think that turned out even more so to be true, which is, you know, one, another story in itself. But um, I think basically like we're treating boots like a minivan, man, or like we're treating it like a freaking uh, car that you just drive around and don't even like, don't even care about, you know? Um, right. And I like just let them sit at the top of the key and not move or make any rotations and just take threes outside. And it's just like, I don't feel like they're using them the right way. Um, and I think the other theme that I wanted to just ask you about is um, mm-hmm. the inconsistency uh, is one thing that I've noticed, and it's pretty alarming to me. I wanted to get your thoughts on, like, I was looking, and the Bulls do not have any part of the season where we have more than a three-win stretch. And I know it is hard to win four games in a row in the NBA, but mm-hmm. 
the Bulls are just one of those teams that it's just like even the games that you think like we won three in a row at one point, and I think we played OKC in OKC, like right. Gil? Yeah. Gil, can you hear me? Sorry, sorry, you cut yeah. out there. Uh, are you, are you, are you, you, you finished the question? Yeah. I just want to ask okay. like, what you think about like the inconsistency. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a great point. Um, and I, I completely, completely agree with you about Vooch. I think it's like, we, we bought this, like, I, I don't want to say sports car. Cause it's not like he's like a John right. Moran or anything like that, but we did trade for this guy who's a, like a four time all-star. And he averaged twenty three and twelve on, on the on the magic twenty four and twelve, and then we ask him to be the third guy, where it's like, all right, man, like, which mm-hmm. is fine, right? Like Vooch and Zach are great options offensively, but mm-hmm. so and the third guy always has to sacrifice. But we're basically asking Vooch to be Brook Lopez. We have him stand out in the perimeter, hook mm-hmm. these three pointers, and it seems like I, I I don't know, like to me when I watch the game, it's like whenever he's in the in the paint, he's a bucket. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the good footwork against Jared Allen. He could drop step. He does the, the little hook shots. They always go in. And it seems like they're always trying to, like, make him play off, like, DeRozan and Levine, which is fine. But, like, that's just not his game. And especially with DeRozan being a mid-range specialist, it, it just – I feel like it clogs the middle, which it, it, yeah. you have to kind of move him out. And going off that, too, the, I think the Bulls, like, the last time we checked, the last podcast we did about the Bulls, they were, like, dead last in three-point attempts. So, like – it feels like the team oh, yeah. is trying to try to zig when the whole league is zagging, right? Everything's mm-hmm. spacing, everything's threes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like we, we only shoot twenty eight like a threes a game, like the last time I checked, which was last. Like, and it's not even like remotely close. Yeah. So it, it seems like the, the the build is wrong, and a little bit of that inconsistency too. Mm-hmm. I got some stats. Okay. Bulls against teams over five hundred are eleven and fourteen. Ooh. Wait, against, against teams over 500? Yeah, 11 and 14. Bulls against uh, teams under 500 are 6 and 7, right? Top both te- are against, bad. Yeah, both are bad. Against teams that are top 4 in the East, they're 6 and 4. Against teams that are one are top 4 in the West, they're 1 and 3. So it's like a, a 500, basically, against mm-hmm. the top 4 teams of each conference. So basically, what I, what I get from that is... The true mark of a bad team is how they play against, like their the lower competition. Right. They obviously just they're not prepared. Like they go against these guys that they should be beating, mm-hmm. and they they get blown out or they blow some lead. And I, I just think that uh, true teams take care of business. True good teams take care of business. And if they're not even like showing up to these teams that are below five hundred, we're we're not five hundred ourselves. Like mm-hmm. wait, where where is the motivation? Where where's the fire? There's like no fire lit. And I don't know if that – and this is where I wanted to ask you as well. Like, do you think that's a Billy Donovan problem? Like, do you think that, like, he's not preparing the players to be ready against like, against these other teams? Do you think it's a bad scheme? Do you think it's a bad roster? Like, what do you think about mm. Billy Donovan? Good question. Um, personally, I, I like Billy. And uh, mm-hmm. if I'm being a realist, I, I think that Billy's going to be around for a while. And I think yeah. that, like, that's the way that Arturis wants to build this team and this franchise. Well, we so, just extended him, I mean, didn't we? Yeah, we just extended him. That's a perfect example of that. Um, that was one of my notes, though. So I, I was, like, wanting to evaluate how not only Arturis is done, but also Billy in terms of player development. Because, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that's one of the most important things that we're seeing in the, in the league this day. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a perfect example of a team that player mm-hmm. developed amazing 
And now their team the last two years has just been phenomenal and consistently good. And they play with a certain type of energy that you can feel just by watching it. Um, you don't even have to be watching it that much, which is it's kind of crazy. But I think right. uh, Patrick Williams is a perfect uh, guy that we can look to as um, to really see, one, not only how has our tourists drafted and um, picked out talent from a talent perspective, but how has Billy developed it? Um, how has our player staff helped Patty develop? And honestly, I've actually been pretty, uh, pretty impressed by how Patrick mm-hmm. has grown as a player over the last few games specifically. But mm-hmm. uh, the last, the last year, I mean, I, he's kind of in a tough situation where, I mean, the first thing you got to remember is he literally just turned 21 years old a few weeks ago. The kid, he's a literal kid. Um, right. He's got, he's got his whole life ahead of him. He's got a very bright future no matter what. Um, and I think that. You know, he's so talented and they're starting to really develop him and he's starting to show a little bit more confidence. I don't think he's fully put himself out there yet. Um, Mm -hmm. My prediction is Patrick's going to have a a breakout second half of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. I think people are really going to I think eventually he's going to take over Vooch's role as the number three from a scoring perspective. Um, And I think he's also going to bring a defensive energy. That's going to be awesome. But. Um, I think that's that's the direction of the Bulls. Like, I think another good example of uh, someone who I hope to really turns into someone is Dalen Terry. Um, yeah. I think he could be potentially really good. Um, I, I we haven't seen enough of him, so I can't really say much about him. Um, but he's kind of an exciting piece, and you know, Io's growth too. That's another you know really good example of someone they brought in that was a late draft pick, but he's really blossomed and to a good player. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about Arturis and still the leadership. Um, one thing I'm learning is to, to believe in things that like you were first behind it at first and, and have some faith and give it some time. So that's what I'm going to do and be hopefully yeah. positive about it. I, I don't personally like the way that Jerry Reinsdorf runs his franchises from a, from a hierarchy perspective uh, as, as a avid uh, Bulls and White Sox fan, but <laughs> I, I, I understand uh, our tourist situation. And um, the one thing I was going to uh, ask you about, um, and I'm going to flip it back to you now, but uh, with Goran and uh, Goran Dragic and uh, Andre Drummond, I, I think they're nice pieces that that the Bulls have gone in and added in this last offseason. But in yeah. my opinion, it hasn't been enough to really um, equate to wins. I think uh, Dra- Dragic has probably been a little bit better than Drummond. Drummond's actually been pretty good uh, from a rebound perspective. Um, I'd like him to score a little bit more and um, be on the offensive glass, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. and maybe be more of a defensive presence. But I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think about, like, our offseason? And um, obviously with, with Lonzo and the void, which is just such a heartbreak, um, yeah. you know, how, how can we fill that void? Do you think there's a way that offseason move or, or, or a trade or what? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of things there. I think the thing, like, you touched on with Lonzo being gone is was critical to the team. Like, oh, we have yeah. no natural point guard. Like, Levine, DeRozan, and – um, like Vooch, our best players, like none of them are natural like creators, right? Like they're mm-hmm. no one's knows how to orchestrate the offense. Like if someone's out of a rhythm, like hey, like we need to like set set a set piece or something, or get the guy the ball in the right spots. Like you saw this yesterday. You were watching the game, right? And yeah. I don't know if you had the volume on listening to Stacy. Oh, I was. But you remember when like like Vooch got like two baskets in a row. And they then they went away with him. They went away from him, and, and like DeRozan, and then I think Io shot like like a three, and then like a yeah. like a jumper, and there and then Stacy was like, hey, like he just made two in a row. Then now it's like two or three possessions where Vooch didn't touch the ball. Right. Like, what are we doing? It's like that's stuff like the that. inconsistency right there. Yeah, right. the inconsistency, and I think it's the lack of 
a, a, a natural point guard. We don't have the Lonzo that can orchestrate the offense, say, hey, this guy's in a rhythm. This guy's hot. Give him the ball. You stand there. Like, we don't have that. And that's what's the big part about Lonzo that's missing. The, the unfortunate reality is this is, like, what, his, like, third knee surgery. Is he going to be the same defender as he was? Can he be as quick? Can he be as agile? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um mm-hmm. You know me, bro. I'm like the biggest Lonzo truther. I, I've been I know, a Lonzo stan my whole life. I love the guy, but like, who knows? Is he? Is he? Is him alone going to make us from? I think before he got injured, we were 18 games above 500, and then now, right. but then like we ended last year 10 games over, and now we're four games under. So is he like a? Is he going to be the the main reason for a 12 game swing? Like I, I'm not really Dude, sure. I, I mean, yeah, I know, and like you you can't you can't bank on him coming back to being the same player that he was. Is is uh, hard as it is to say that and come to grips with that. I, I mm-hmm. am also a huge Lonzo fan and. Um, I think the, the one thing that Lonzo did best when the Bulls were riding that high at that point in, of the season um, mm-hmm. was he was able to let uh, Zach play like a, the true athlete and play with that type of athleticism that right. um, like everyone knows him as him for. Um, right. And I think that in like he's able to spread the ball, the ball moves so much quicker down the floor. And it's just with Io, I think that could be even really good. So it's just really hard to, um, you know, kind of right. deal, deal with the situation. But, um, I mean, like I said, I'm hoping someone takes another step. I mean, who knows? Maybe yeah. Io turn takes a, another big step next year and turns into a key key player. But um, right. but that's a big that's a big issue as well. I, you you made a great point, right? Like Nick, like Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch, right? They all mm-hmm. they all that's like what that's like how many shots? Like eight, 36, 36. That's like almost like probably forty shots a game, right? Between the yeah. three, probably. Um, not, probably even more, right? Let's see. Vuce shoots thirteen. Levine shoots how many a game? Levine probably um, shoots like fifteen to eighteen, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, he takes he takes seventeen point six. That's thirty between them. That's probably like almost like yeah, almost fifty shots a game. Yeah, between three guys, right? And the three mm-hmm. guys on our team that are our best players take the most shots. Don't play defense. Mm-hmm. So, or, aren't good at defense. So. The issue is like, and you saw this. This goes back to the to the chemistry, the the um the team building. Remember, like earlier, the reports like like of all people, right? Who should be talking? Kobe White was yelling mm-hmm. at uh, Levine, right? Because it's I think it's very hard when your best players all making the majority of the money, taking the majority of the shots, don't try on. I don't even say they're not trying, but are just bad at defense. Yeah, like how can you sit there in the huddle and like demand from them? You know what I mean? Like it's there's a lot of guys on the like the Marcus Smart. You know we have a Marcus. Smart, we don't have a Marcus Smart. A guy that gets people's faces and go like, you need to be like, you need to be responsible for this. Like I, I'm a, I'm a grinder. Like I work hard. Yeah. I, I sacrifice my body. We don't have that. We don't have like the stoppers, like you said. Right. So and and that's what the hard part is now. Touching on your point about Drogic and Drummond, like they're solid. They were okay additions, right? We needed rebounding. I kind of wish we had more of a rim protector, like like mm-hmm. a like a defensive first big man. Like I know Vooch yeah. or D- Drummond rebounds, but he's not really like a a defender. You know, like a Nick Claxton type guy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's what I kind of wish we had. And Drogic is nice because with no Lonzo, we do have a we do have a point guard now that could orchestrate a little bit. The only issue with him is he's like thirty five, and like mm-hmm. he's old. He can't play a lot of minutes. Um, I think the number one problem, if it was me, like, and I don't know who that is. Maybe it's like a, a Dylan Brooks if he's available in the off season or something. Like a guy yeah. that could shoot threes and play defense. Three and D. Get, yeah, three and D. We don't have those. You notice like the Lucas. We have like the the Dorian mm-hmm. Finney, the Dorian Finney Smiths 
all those mm-hmm. guys, like Tim Hardaway Jr. They have all these guys that could shoot that could shoot threes and play some sort of defense. Like Caruso, for example, right, is our best defender probably, like our on ball defender, mm-hmm. right, arguably. But yeah. he is a zero on offense. Yeah. So exactly. we have like we have these guys that are specialists, basically. We have a bunch of specialists and no like two way guys that could like impact the floor both ways. Cause like if we're gonna have DeRozan who doesn't play defense and take all these shots, right? We need guys that he can kick it out to. That's why it works with Luca. That's why when they, the Harden Rockets, like you surround these guys that are ball stoppers. Because to be honest, Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch, right? They're ball stoppers. They get the ball and they go to work. You know. Yep. So yep. so it's like if we don't have like these guys that can space the floor and are willing to just play defense and not take shots, like it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but getting into the, the next question, I want to ask you uh, with Patty. I know he's been. I know the knock on him is he's just not aggressive, right? Yeah. And I, I don't know what, what the scenario is to get him more aggressive. That's maybe the question at hand, right? Like, for him to be aggressive and to be the third option, do we need to get rid of one of these three guys, right? Is that mm-hmm. the move? Because I feel like naturally we need to get him more looks, right? I think he shoots it absolutely a, a game. So and he's efficient, right? He's he absolutely really efficiently. I think he's like – 48% career, 41% from three. Like, he, he, he mm-hmm. is efficient. He's a good shooter or efficient mm-hmm. shooter. He just needs to get the looks. And I know, like, when we were young or when we were earlier, everyone was like, baby Kawhi. And then I kind of clowned it, right? I was like, ah, oh, like, you know, you can't be Kawhi. Like, Kawhi's one of one. He had all this um, old guys, like the veterans, like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili, that whole structure with Pop. But. Right. I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of. I'm not saying he's Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying no, 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 no. He's not. He's Patrick Williams. You know. Yeah, he's Patrick. And that's Williams. okay. But yeah, it's okay. But dude, he he looks. He's ideal. What you want in today's NBA, right? A, a can defend. He can defend multiple positions. He can shoot at least right now in this small sample, and he's unselfish, right? Like I think I, I'm also with you. I'm very high on Patrick Williams, um, mm-hmm. and I don't want to give up on him. Like, do you have no. any more thoughts on 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 Patty? What, what, uh, what have you been seeing? I just, I just love I just love the kid's attitude, man. He kind of just yeah. puts his head down and goes to work. He kind of embodies, like, in my opinion, what what a what a bull a good bull is. I think he has like the best mindset of uh, of any guy of, on the team, honestly, because he kind of just stays consistent with it, and you know what you're going to get from him in t- in terms of a day to day look. Um, I mean, Demar's been great too. I I can't I can't yeah. say enough nice things about Demar. Um, Jared, mm-hmm. the, the one thought that I had when you were talking about like a a Claxton or a guy like that that we could bring in as a defensive guy, you know, mm-hmm. who would have been great if we would have kept him around? Daniel Gafford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just been... picked him up in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, it's pretty funny how things were full circle. I mean, even even Wendell Carter, you know, like, yeah. you know, who, who would have thought that he would have blossomed into – he's been great for the Magic, in my opinion. Um but uh, Jared, one thing I do have to say before you go into the next segment, um, I took down some. These are I'll call these my gill stats. Um, uh, specific teams that I just think are like bad or like good, good, like just interesting stats that the Bulls have. So the Bulls okay. this season so far are zero and five against the Rockets, Spurs, Magic, Thunder, and Wizards. Zero and five. Um, 0-5 against those oh teams, God. which I think is extremely scary. Um, it makes me nervous because, like, our schedule actually does get a little bit easier down the stretch. Um, and say, say, say those teams again. Say those teams again, just for, yeah. for the fans. Uh, the 0-5 o- against the Rockets, Spurs, Magic, Thunder, and Wizards. Um, oh. very, <laughs> it's a very crazy stat. But, uh, They're all I below us in the standings, by the way, viewers. They're all below us in the standings. They, they don't yeah. have as many wins as us. 
Um, okay. And then another uh, interesting piece of uh, information is uh, the Celtics, Nets, and Heat are were eight and one against, and then mm-hmm. uh, the Knicks were one and two, and the Cavs were zero oh and three. So it's like teams that like you think we'd be competitive with the Knicks and the Cavs were zero oh and three and one and two against, and then teams that like you think on a regular basis would beat our, you know, tails off, they're eight and one. Celtics, yeah. Nets, and Heat. So yeah. um, that that's the thing, man. That that's the definition of a of an inconsistent. When like when you're not when you're zero and five against teams that are way worse than you, like that has to be preparation, man. Is, is that is that is that Donovan? I I don't know. Like I, I think I also with you. I think Donovan's a really solid coach. But like, what's what's the I got excuse? one more thought on that. Yeah, um, our good friend Chris just said that's the opposite trend of last year. He said if right. you look at if you look at last year. There's, uh, we were really good against the bad teams, but we couldn't beat any of the good teams. And now that's completely tail flipped towards this season, which is, you know, the complete inverse. Uh, I mean, the other, the only other note I had written down was just can't get more than three wins in a row. It's like we had some easy stretches uh, at some parts of the season, and you know, just seeing some of those opportunities go to waste, like you know, losing to the freaking Thunder and losing to the Wizards. It's like, come on, what are we doing here? Uh, yeah, and that's and that's what's made me. Uh, lose some of my passion for watching the Bulls games consistently. Like I used to be a uh, watch every game for, you know, the last five, six years, as long as I can remember, I always, I always, you know, focused in on what was going on with the Bulls. So it's it's frustrating, but I mean, I still like the long-term future. Uh, I realize that guys are going to change and come and go. Um, The one other question that I had for you, Jer, is, Mm -hmm. you know, we just gave Levine max money. Yep. I personally am kind of scared about the future of that. And I honestly would be open to the idea of trading Levine um, while his value still may be somewhat high. I mean, I still think he'd be a great player and, you know, maybe he would be great on the Bulls and that's what they'll do. But I still think there's benefit and opportunity in, in trading him and um, changing that direction. Maybe, maybe not at the, uh, maybe not at the all-star break or at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm with you. I I'm, I'm 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 on the train that we need to like I'm ready to acknowledge that this team is it, it's not our year. I, I don't think we're good mm-hmm. enough this no. year to, to compete seriously. So I, I mean I'm with you. I, at first, at first I know we argue with like our friend Noah about this. Like yeah. was it De, like was it DeRozan the one we get rid of? But after watching like that Bucks game, I, I think I, I'm more team Keith Demar because like his his big shot ability at the end of games like. Like it's crazy. Like that. Like one of the best closers in the league. Oh, it's and, unbelievable. And I, I'm with you. If we could get off Levine's deal, and maybe get some assets to trade, and mm-hmm. I, I'll touch on this in in the later uh, segments. But that would be, I think, the most ideal, right? Like, I, I let's go. Like, let's take, let's take it back. So when we went, remember when the whole scenario was out? Like, uh, do we pay Zach Levine that money? Is is he worth the money? Right? Is like that was the whole debate. Like. Right. Do you want to give him the, the max deal? And I, I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't have, because I think in today's NBA, when you have the young asset, you have to like pay him, right? You, even though like it, it might suck down the line, you kind of have, you're kind of forced into paying him because if you just lose it yeah. for nothing, you kind of just let him walk and you, you don't get compensation for it. It's not like, it's not like the NFL, uh, the NFL or is it the NFL or NBA where you get, or MLB where you get like a, a pick when the, like a tier one guy leaves, like we don't get that. So, yeah. Like example of that was like Bogdanovich when he left uh, the Kings. Was it the Kings? Yeah, they just let mm-hmm. him walk, and then mm-hmm. he went to uh, the, uh, the Pistons or the Hawks. It was oh, this the Hawks, like the, yeah, yeah. the other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And they didn't let him like um, 
they they put no like no compensation for it, basically. So that's like the worry. That's like the big worry that I was having. So I, I don't regret that, but I'm with you. Like if we could trade him and get some assets that maybe become tra- uh, trade pieces to get another star. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not against that, but I apparently I, the I, Knicks like him. That's oh, that's all I'll say. Apparently the yeah. Knicks, uh, they're they're interested in trading for Levine. So yeah, I mean that might be a potential option if uh, if if things go, if can, things continue in the same trend that they have been going. But mm-hmm. I also still see like the potential and like I mean I don't think anyone really knows what the status of Lonzo Ball is right now and stuff. And um, as as a someone who I need to be realistic with myself to maintain my my uh, balance of emotions as a Bulls fan, mm-hmm. um, I've personally told myself that Lonzo's done for the season and I've come to terms with that. Yeah. So I just want him to to get healthy and just to to feel a hundred percent outside of basketball too. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. scary, man. Um, yeah. But I, I'm. I'm with you, but I think this is a perfect segue to the segment. Let's just do the three possible scenarios now, because I think that's a good a good segue okay. into this. Um, so I have three scenarios that the Bulls can can, can face. Okay, right? and I'm gonna I'm gonna name, I'm gonna say them, and I want to hear your I'm gonna hear your thoughts on each one, and then which one you'd go with. Okay, so like a pro, we'll go like, we'll do like a pro con of each, and then see like what's our ultimate decision. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so scenario one. I'm calling it play it safe. Okay. Keep, keep the roster intact with no major moves to the deadline. We hope we hope to right the ship and basically send a prayer that Lonzo can return healthy. You know, like either this mm-hmm. season or yeah. next year. Yeah. We try to resign. Maybe we try and resign Vooch and run it back and maybe make some small tweaks to the roster mm-hmm. or sign maybe some more complimentary pieces in Vooch's place. And we build around a healthy – Lonzo, Zach, Demar, and and Patty. Maybe then Patty can ascend to that the next score, right. right? That's that's scenario number one. Okay. What what do you that think? Was well about that? Th- that was well thought out. Um, I I think that's honestly like looking at the the trends and things that we've seen in the past. That's what I would like to believe the direction they might be headed is. But mm-hmm. I would like to hear the other uh, scenarios. Okay. Yeah. So in my opinion, I think that one is the most likely outcome. I, I think that's going to be what we're, I think that's well, just going to happen. I'll have to, I'll have to hear them all, but yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Option number two, the absolutely, holy shit. We're going to blow this. We're going to blow this fucking <laughs> shit up. We're the, we're the Houston Texans. We're, we're, I'm getting, we're hiring Lovey Smith. We're blowing it up. Uh, okay. This is it. Trade DeMar, Levine, and Vooch for draft capital and young players at the deadline. DeMar's value is extremely high. Levine's value, as you said, is like by the Knicks and the Lakers are interested in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can get both those picks. Send DeMar to the Knicks for picks. Then we have picks at the Wazoo. We can trade Vooch to a contender, maybe get some more picks. And we have all these picks and then young <laughs> players uh, at the deadline. And then we can maybe flip that and acknowledge the chemistry isn't there. We want to build the roster a bit more. It may be to fit more the modern NBA. Again, mm-hmm. like I, I mentioned earlier, we have, we're last in threes attempts. So we're zigging when everyone's zagging. Maybe at this scenario, we can get Patty Williams. He could be the man on the team for a bit, a year. Maybe see how he is. And then from there, maybe, I don't know, we, we try to build around that or we, we trade those pieces. What, what do you think about that scenario? Uh, I think that would be a big change. Um, I also think that that's potentially possible. I mean, I would never say never. Uh, the, honestly, I've been surprised at a few moves that uh, Arturis and uh, Mark Eversley is, have made so far. But 
Um, that would be a lot. That would be a big change. And honestly, as a Chicago sports fan and someone who wants to see teams succeed here, that would be very sad because I think the Bulls are in, you could maybe say the White Sox are the only teams that are quote unquote, I, I can't even say the White Sox are competing, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, can't, we can't even fake it. We can't even pretend hey, that we're tr- trust me, man, on our podcast with Kev, we just, we're unhappy. We're, 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 it's Stockholm. Syndrome. It's tough, like, man. We, we tough. love the captors. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, that's a tough. That's a. I agree. That's a tough. I actually don't want to see that happen. No, I don't either. AK was brought in to, to re to, to, to stop the rebuild to build a championship contender. So him going completely back to a rebuild would suck. Yeah. Um. I uh, guess the argument would be is hey, let's give AK a proper rebuild. But I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think anyone wants to do that. Well, I still um, think that Jerry would give him one. Like, let's say that this whole Demar thing and and Levine thing fade out over the next couple of years, and in scenario one. Or to be the case, I think uh, I, I I think that Jerry's loyal enough that he would give um, AK maybe a couple more years at it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I'm not surprised anything with Jerry. Yeah. Um, okay, this is I call this one the the the, the Matt Nagy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a hybrid. We're we're setting up in the Wildcat. D- D- David Montgomery is taking some snaps. <laughs> he, he he's he's lined up. Justin, oh my. Fields, Justin Fields is lined up and right. He's gonna run. He's gonna run a slant or something. Uh, we we draft Anthony Richardson and, and Justin Fields is the running back. That's oh. this is this scenario. Okay, here it okay. is. We try. We hybrid it and try to blow it up. We we acknowledge that this core can't seriously win. We're, we're tying ninety five million dollars on three guys that play no defense and are ISO scorers. So it's just a bad build. Again, like you said, no spacing, mm-hmm. no defense, ball stoppers. It's just not not good chemistry. We we need to we need to change something. We can't run this back. So then we discuss we decide to trade one of them. And how we mentioned earlier, and this is what I try to say we were going to lead into. I think it should be Zach. I think Zach's the, the odd one out. I think we keep Demar his Ooh. big game ability. We we look for Zach uh, to trade him to get the assets we need. So in this scenario, I say we trade to the Lakers. We trade them to the Lakers for the 2027 and 2029 firsts and Russell Westbrook. So this, so hear me out. Hear me out. I know Westbrook people start laughing, but the 2027 and 2029 firsts. I think I think those are the like the first trade, the first they could actually trade. So we get them, and we get Westbrook's expiring deal back, right? So he's mm-hmm. off the books after this year. We get right. off Zach's contract. Those draft picks will be super valuable to, I think, other GMs. In 2027, LeBron would be, like, what, 42? Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's not going to be around. At four to six years down the road, who knows if Anthony Davis has legs at that point. Oh, the um, Lakers are going to be a trash team by then. They're going to be atrocious. <laughs> and then they have – but I, and I think NBA GMs know that. They, they, they want to trade to the Pacers, and the Pacers ask for both because, like, like, give us – give us if you're desperate. They have no outs. They have no young players to nurture. They have no draft capital. <laughs> no. Uh, so you might as well try to win with that core, with AD, LeBron, and maybe Levine with the shooting and, and playmaking. It could be a huge asset for them. Mm-hmm. And then we could take these picks and we could flip them for a superstar that you know, watching the NBA, Gil, you're an NBA guy, will eventually, inevitably ask for a trade and force his way out. You know what a player is going to do it. You know oh, what yeah. these fuckers are going to oh, try to yeah. do it. So you're saying hold the the, the twenty twenty seven and twenty twenty nine first round picks from the Lakers in our back pocket, and then yes. wait for someone to um, yes. want out, and then go for them. And, yes, and get it that becomes, final piece. 
Yes, it becomes it be, those picks become trade capital. I, I, I'm not. We're not going to wait four years to use these picks. Like we're in the now. I, I, I'm envisioning with this scenario, we build around DeRozan. Maybe we sign Le, uh, Vooch, so we have like the big and the guard, mm-hmm. and then we use that trade capital to either get another star. Maybe we sign and trade Vooch for more assets, but we use these picks mm-hmm. to get a, a superstar that you know is going to ask for a trade. I don't know who it's going to be, but you know it happens every year. Oh, it's I, I mean. Yeah, so we use it, and nice. then that's that's the scenario, and we build from there. And in that case too, like we said, Patty gets more opportunities. He's mm-hmm. an efficient shooter. We can mm-hmm. build him up because I think the underlying issue here is that Patty needs the opportunities. Oh, like he agreed. need that's that's the agreed. most important thing because if Absolutely. Patty becomes what he could be, that's a wrap. Like that's what we need. Yeah, so, that could be that could take us to the next level, and that could make us compete. You know, with the likes of Boston and. You know, teams like that, but the, I, we haven't seen that uh, consistently enough for us to believe that that's the case. Um, yeah, I, Jared, so, I think I think scenario three is very interesting. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think that's probably the scenario that you and I would like the most, but I yes. think it is highly unlikely. Um, I think that would be great because uh, looking, I think hindsight's always twenty twenty, and right. uh, you know, I just it's frustrating to me because I thought you know Levine's our highest paid player. He's our guy. You know, he's really going to come into the leadership role of this team and stuff. And personally, I haven't really seen it that much of like when, t- when the going gets tough, is he there? Um, or even like when the lead it, like when we're up in these games, nine and 10 points, it's like, just put them away, man. Like let's just get up 25 points and end this game. Like you see some of these other teams just put teams to bed early yeah. and it just yeah. ruins the whole game. They put in their scrubs and it turns into like a, a clear, easy win. And the Bulls are never in those games. We're always chasing and dragging or blowing huge leads. It's just it's it's too volatile, and it's very uh, it's. I think that's what leads to the inconsistency, in my opinion. Yeah, and then uh, the unfortunate reality, right? Is Zach Levine, like you said, is you know he's solid, but he's not. I I don't want this to turn into like we're shitting on Levine. Like I like Levine. Yeah, player, yeah, no, he's but, a good player. No, don't get me wrong, he's a great yeah. player, and he deserves his money too. Like I, I'm not I'm not trying to take away from that, but I'm just saying like. The Bulls finally paid a superstar, and we paid Zach Levine. Like, that's yeah. just, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would like to sign a freaking uh, Luka Doncic or a, a Giannis or a right. freaking John Morant or someone like that, you know? And can I, can I put a point out there? And let me hear your yeah. thoughts on this. I think the NBA is becoming something like the NFL used to be. And the NFL, remember back in the day, not even the back in the day when we were, like, high schoolers, Mm-hmm. how rare was it that a superstar quarterback was trying to force their way out, right? Like, usually the franchise quarterbacks, they stayed on their team, right? Because they, they right. pay them a shit ton of money, yep. and they'd stay. Now you can see, like, with Deshaun Watson and some of, like, Russell Wilson, you saw it with Rodgers, like, these superstars mm-hmm. are not trying to force their way out. The problem I have in today's in today's NBA is I feel like these young guys that are superstars, the ones, the, the, the trivial few that could actually win us a championship or make us contenders, they ask for they ask their way out way before the contract's over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They force their way out, and you need to have the draft capital to get them. So that's my worry about waiting to see if, like, let's say, let Vooch just walks, that we're going to mm-hmm. sign someone to replace him. Because will a player of a caliber that we need to win a championship just be a free agent? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that those days are kind of numbered. Like, yeah. Not, you have to try to get the draft capital to try to, once they're upset, to blow them away through a trade. And then get them. You saw it with Donovan Mitchell, yeah. uh, Gobert, in, in a smaller sense because I don't know if he's that great. But 
like that kind of deal. Maybe it, I don't know how you think about Cat. Like you know, Cat might be the one that that asked for a trade or something like that. Dejounte Murray, maybe I don't know. Dejounte Murray, yeah. Right, so like maybe we have like we ha- we need the draft capital to make those moves. So that's why why more I'm pitching scenario three. Yeah, um, I agree. But what do you think about that? No, I like that. I I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, honestly, like you're talking about, uh, like you got to have that one guy. Like even in the NFL, I mean, it's like that with all the quarterbacks nowadays. Like you got to have that one guy that can be there consistently for you and be the play that the player that makes game changing plays. And like the moment you're talking about that, I'm like. Yeah, like you need that in basketball and you need that in football. And I honestly think Justin Fields is that guy as a Bears fan, but that's just a, a whole different can of worms. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I actually have uh, – this is kind of like some of my last thoughts, and then you can kind of take the take the rest of this however – what direction you want. But mm-hmm. uh, I have like three questions for you. Um, yeah. And I want like just to give – like have you answer – like you don't, you don't have to answer too long, but like on each of them, all right? Okay. Okay, first one. How do you think Kobe White has played as of late? Is he a late game guy? Uh, recently, I've seen him play being put in late late game, and he's been given um, some certain situations, kind of to score uh, in some later uh, important moments of these last few games. And I wanted to see if like you think that's something that they're going to continue with, and if that's something that might be good for the Bulls. So, my thing about Kobe White is it's a good question. I think he's a very gifted scorer, um, but he's like, again one of those guys that don't really play defense. So that's the issue with having – if you have Levine, DeRozan, Vooch on the floor, like who's playing defense? Right. Who's, guard, who's guarding their best player? Um, you saw that with, that. The, with the Hawks. When we, were at your, when we were at your apartment, right, when we were watching that Hawks game, mm-hmm. um, that I'm pretty sure – did we win – did they win that on a buzzer beater or did we win that? They won on a buzzer beater. They beat they us on a buzzer beater. We yeah, won a buzz, another buzzer beater. We, we beat them in a buzzer beater like a couple of days later or something weird like right. that. Okay, but like the one where he, uh, Trey Young kind of just waltzed into the lane through yeah. the lob to yeah, like that's that's the thing where I'm talking about. It was the one where they, they didn't play Patty, yeah, and that and then the overtime. That's where I was kind of like, well, why is the worst guy defender in the building guarding Trey Young? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the problem with Kobe White. That mm-hmm. again, and that's the roster, dude. Like if he can't, if we have DeRozan, Levine, and Booch, those are going to be the guys shooting in the clutch time anyway. Like when we're back, when we're down or something. So why is Kobe White, who can't play defense, ideally I wouldn't want to see on the floor. But like if we're down by a lot of points, like he's a microwave. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's like a microwave. He could he could shoot. He could score at will. Like that, I think that's his role in the NBA. You're he's a, a rhythm six, player. He's a rhythm. Player. Yes. he needs to get into a rhythm. And once he gets into a rhythm, he's really good. I, I would do the hey hey man like let me let, like Bill Simmons said this about uh, I think R J Barrett. He said. Hey, like here, here's a six man of the year award. Get get accustomed to it. Get to know it because that's your role. Like you're gonna come off the bench and you're gonna be like Jamal Crawford. You're gonna mm-hmm. just, you're gonna try to score 12, 15 in a short amount of time because we need it. We might not play every day, but when you do play, these are gonna be your minutes and go. Get, we need some points like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, okay, so my second question. Um, it, this is this is kind of like if we uh, continue <clears throat> continue forward with scenario one that you laid out, uh, mm-hmm. is Vooch the problem or the answer for how we run our offense? Because it, it's it's difficult because I think part of the blame is on the scheme and the way that they've been uh, told to run the offense. But I also mm-hmm. think that it's you know part of Vooch. Sometimes he just gets lackadaisical and, and ends up staying at the top of the key or not moving in a rotation and. Yep. Um, 
I think it's, you see it a lot defensively too. Um, and yeah. that's more importantly kind of where I want to focus at just because like, we all know the scoring is great. He's one of the most talented uh, bigs offensively uh, in the last decade. He's a great, mm-hmm. great scorer. But on top of that, you have to be a two-way player to compete in this league. I don't care right. how much this league is turned into an offensive player. You still have to be able to play good defense. I know Billy recognizes that, but I don't mm-hmm. think they put him in a good enough position to uh, do well because sometimes it's like he has no other help. Like we got to get like a – remember when we had Tice and, and we at least had a little bit more physicality? Yeah. Um, I, we, we, got, we brought him over as a piece just for like a half season. But like having that half season and seeing how much he put his body on the line and competed, it really mm-hmm. made me inspired. And I was like, we need something like that again. Yeah, we we, we don't have we don't have the. the so three. my question, sorry, my question is: Is Boost the problem or the answer for how we run our offense? Okay, so how we run our offense, and I know this again. You guys might think that I'm I'm zigging when everyone's zagging. Is I think we need to play through Boost more. I think he's a bucket in the paint. He's mm-hmm. actually this year playing really well. He's shooting fifty one percent. I will is, give you that. Yeah, that's his highest since he was an All Star 2018, 2019. He's shooting fifty. Offensively, yeah, well. Yes, a little over 50, 50%, which is in 2018-2019, he shot almost mm-hmm. 52%. So he's the best like, like field goal percentage-wise, um, his best season since that year. And even his like, EFG, his effective field goal percentage, is the highest. Is, I think this might be a career high for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a career high for him. So he's, he's extremely efficient. So And he's actually taking only 13 shots a game, which is his lowest, his lowest since the – in a long time, let me see here. Thirteen. When's the last time he? The last time he attempted less shots was 2013, 2014. Wow. So he's shooting less shots. He's he's very efficient with them. He's automatic with down low. He's shooting thirty seven percent from three. Like I, I think he's playing he's doing really his well. Job. Yeah. He's doing he's his doing job. Offensively, I, though. I would argue you throw him the ball in the paint. Let him go to work. Because and and if he doesn't have it, then kick it out. That that would be my opinion that I think we should do. He's a he's a two time I might have said it earlier he's a four time all star. I'm sorry. He's a two time all star. He's a two time all star. He mm-hmm. he's 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 a great player. He averaged not even I wouldn't say great, but he's a very solid player. Average yeah, twenty three and, and twelve before. So I, I think I think that's a traditional basketball. I think that's X's and O's. You play in and out. You get it down low. And if he if he's not gonna get the if he's like doubled or it's a tough matchup, kick it out to the shooters. But that's what we don't have. We have DeRozan, who's not a three-point shooter, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to nag on DeRozan, but he, he doesn't shoot that well at three. So we shoot the least amount of threes in, in the NBA, so there's no spacing. So that's why he sometimes I think he has to stand out there by the three-point line because that for DeRozan right. to go to work in the paint and get that free-throw line shot, like he can't be like clogging the paint. So I, I think, again, it, it, it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but it's, it's the roster build. I, I would continue to play through Vooch, but like you said on defense, bro, like – He's never been a good, great defender. He has bricks for feet. You saw in the playoff series against Giannis, like he just blow by him. Like, it's it's just not his game, especially with Demar and Levine and Kobe White. Like, right? If if these guys on the perimeter are just getting blowing past him and and, and, comp- and and infiltrating the paint, and Vooch isn't a good defender anyway, like it's it's a disaster class. Like we gave up. No, here's a stat that I, I that I, I forgot to bring up to you. Didn't we give up? We gave up 150 points in regulation. Yeah. You remember that? I, yeah. I, wait, who did we play against that did that? We, I, it might – it might. hopefully it was not the fucking Pistons. Let me look at the bull schedule. I don't think it was the fucking Pistons. <laughs> I don't think it was. It might have been the Mavericks. Remember. It might have been the Mavericks, dude. We gave up 150 points in regulation. Like, how the fuck does that happen? Dave, who how put up 150 points? points on the uh, Bulls? It was the Wolves. It was the Wolves. The Wolves. It was the Wolves. 
The Wolves with no cat. <laughs> the Wolves with no cat. Wow. Put up a hundred, a hundred and fifty on us, dude. Where is, where is the stat? Uh, Dallas Mavericks put up one forty four. No, we put up one forty four. Where is this? Let me try to find this stat really quick. Yeah, but back to the thing. They put up one fifty, dude. That's not winning basketball. Like I, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I, and if you look at it, what is it? We're we're eighteenth in the league in defensive rating, which is at some point at one point we were like fifth. So we were like we're dropping, which is I think more standard to what our roster is. Right. Um, no, where is it, dude? We oh yeah, here it is. Against the Timberwolves on December Sunday, December eighteenth, we we was a score one fifty to one twenty six oh in no gosh. overtime. In oh no gosh. overtime, bro. That that's ridiculous. That, that is no fire. That is no heart. Like what no, is that? That's that, and that's why we have these concerns and why we are are worried about the direction. Um, but I actually that leads me into a, a good final question that I have for you. Um, bowl season kind of opens up down the stretch. We play some teams that are a little bit lower in the division. Um, some teams in the West that maybe aren't as good. Uh, do you think that we can get in a groove and, and, and turn this around if scenario one – let's just assume that scenario one ends up being the case and the Bulls decide to maybe add a small piece and, um, you know, give up another small piece and in return, you know, we kind of just keep things the same for the rest of the year. Do you think mm-hmm. that we could get on a groove and, and end up taking – because, I mean, if you look at the, the sparsity of the league, it's pretty uh, it's pretty balanced kind of like – if you yeah. look at from like four all the way through like 12, they're all pretty close. So I think there's a lot of opportunity still. Right. I, I agree. I mean, when we're looking at, if you look at the standings, we're 10th right now, right? The Hawks are 18 and 20. The mm-hmm. Heat are 20 and 19. And the Pacers, that team I would be eyeing in the seventh seed is 21 and 18, right? Like that's the team I think could, we could catch and fall. So maybe that's as that six seed in play, like the Knicks are 21 and 18. And I know they beat us. I, I think you said we're one and two against them. Yeah. But like, I think maybe the, I, 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 you know what, to answer your question, I, I'm, I am optimistic. I think we will. I think we'll at least make the play in. I, I don't think we'll make the yeah, playoffs. I think so too. No, but I we'll agree. make the play in. But, we, won't but win, I think, we won't win a first round playoff game this year or series yeah. this year. Yeah. But, but even like, but even, I think we could make the play in. I think we, we will make the play in because the ones around us are what? It's the, it's the Wizards. The Raptors are struggling too. That yeah. team is another team that might blow it up. Uh, the Magic are fourteen and twenty four. The Hawks eighteen and twenty. The Heat. So that's a, that, see, but there is a little bit of worry. Like the Hawks and Heat are are decent. If we'd have to yeah. hope that the Pacers fall, which they oh might. they will, they will. Yeah, the so Pacers will fall, and the Knicks maybe will fall or something like that. But I, like the Celtics, Bucks, Nets, Cavs, like Sixers. Those are, like, yeah, they're up there. Yeah, we're not beating them. So no. hopefully we get. I actually think to be honest. All these teams, I want to hear your thought on this. Which team would you want to – if you had to get matched up with one of those top four teams, in my opinion, I think I'd rather play the Nets. I think we would match up better against the Nets than any of these top four teams in the East. I agree. I, I think we really match up well against the Nets. And I think our record over the last couple of years shows that. Even with KD, um, mm-hmm. the Bulls have been finding ways to somehow win. It's kind of crazy. I think uh, – in my, <laughs> this is kind of just my conspiracy opinion. I think uh, Durant likes uh, – Levine a lot and whenever he plays mm-hmm. he's kind of like ah, I don't really care if I lose to you it doesn't really matter that much yeah so he kind of just like play, plays a little bit easy on him on defense and lets uh lets mm-hmm. him score maybe a little bit more at will um but I mean I don't really know I I, I think uh that would be the best matchup maybe the Heat the Heat would be uh be a good team if we if we got paired up maybe in the play-in um and then yeah. also the Hawks too I, yeah. I don't mind I don't mind what first give me the Hawks yeah maybe in the play in the play-in 
Yeah, give us Trey Young, dude. You know that guy's gonna jack up a bunch of shots in right. two minutes and be standing there pissed. Like yeah. that's that's the that's the guys we want. But yeah, you know, interesting point you, you brought up. There's Team USA and the All Star games. That's why it's so important that we have guys on our team that go there. That's like a that's recruiting. True. That's like a recruiting cesspool. Like they're, they're mm. recruiting. Uh, they're talking to guys. They they're hanging out with them, and I think that's where like, the friendships are a part of the reason where the, these friendships are are made, right? Like they met, they talked at the All Star game. Wasn't that like the whole Kyrie and Durant thing? Like they talked. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. that's that. Maybe that's something that you. It's not a conspiracy, bro. Maybe like they actually like Levine. They like DeRozan. I know DeRozan is really respected. So mm-hmm. maybe we oh, get, yeah. that's where we have those picks. Maybe maybe Kyrie Irving. You know Kyrie's so unreliable. What if he does something crazy again? Like what if KD asks for another trade? Like. Maybe if we yeah. had this capital to get Durant or something, maybe that's interesting. I know he's older, but things could be like, oh, like dude, that. I would love to have Durant, even though, even a Durant in this era. Imagine, imagine if we like just decided to go for it, and we got like Durant, somehow we got Durant, um, DeRozan, and Levine. Oh my gosh, that could be insane. Yes, that would be that would be unreal, dude. But yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good good point. But I wanna yeah. I wanna bring this to you. I, I had a little segment, there, and we can make this quick. Okay. Um, Unless you have, do you have any more like questions or, or thoughts? No, that was it for me. I was uh, pretty much yeah. So however you want to wrap this up, I'm, I'm good. Okay. With. So again, I know we touched on you know Patty. Patty, we're, we're very high on Patty, and I think mm-hmm. he's, he's starting to he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to take these opportunities. So I'm going to name guys from the 2020 class and 2021. I've highlighted a certain amount of them, and it's called Patty versus the field. Okay. So when I, when you want Patty, if you'd rather have Patty over this guy, say. Patty, and if you'd rather have the other guy, just, just say the field, okay? Okay. So, and, and I want you to think about this in terms of this, like building blocks. Let's say let's say we have we have no team. Like, we, we, it's not the Bulls. Don't think of it mm-hmm. like you're a Bulls GM. You're, you just bought a team. You're, you're an ex- expansion team. You get to pick one of these two guys, and then the rest of your team is randomly generated, all right? So just think about it in that sense. Okay. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. From the 2020 class, Patty's own class, Anthony Edwards – Anthony Edwards. Okay. James Wiseman. Sorry, sorry, Field. No, you know what? You, say, you can just say the guy's name. Just say the guy's okay. name, whoever you want. Anthony Edwards. You're, Anthony Edwards, you're, right? You're going to say Anthony Edwards. Okay. I said, yeah. Yeah, okay. James Wiseman. Uh, I'm taking Patty. I agree. Uh, I'm, hi- I'm, highlighting, I'm highlighting it so we can uh, rank him at the end. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Um, LaMelo Ball. I would probably take Lamella. Okay. I, Isaac Okoro. I'm taking Patty. I agree. Onyeka Okongwu. Taking Patty. Okay, I agree. Denny Avija. Taking Patty, dude. I agree. Devin Vassell. Ooh, that's a good one. He's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um... I think Patty gives me more uh, versatility from a, a top-down perspective, so I'm gonna choose Patty. Okay, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh. Uh, that's a good question, Tyrese, man. Yeah, I gotta choose Tyrese. He, he's, he's, he's a, he's a man. I remember fucking Noah. If you're listening, Noah. You're making fun of me saying that I said Tyrese is a franchise guy. He got traded. The t- no, he is. He's really They're good. 21 and 18. They're 21 and 18. Um, okay, Sadiq Bay. I'm taking Patty. I, I know Sadiq's probably the better player right now, but I'm taking the potential in Pat. I agree. Sadiq Bay, 
he can shoot threes, but he he can't. He's not effective. He's not an efficient three point uh, regular shooter. He shoot right. like forty percent. So I take Patty as well. Uh, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, to me, Tyrese Maxey, I get campaign vibes from hot and cold, hot and cold. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna choose Patty. He's like a rich man's Kobe White. Yeah. Um, okay. Emmanuel quickly. Mm, I'm taking Patty. I, I same thing, kind okay. of. There's similar uh, players. Okay, and then Desmond Bain. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna take uh, Desmond Bain because we really need three and D guys, and if we end up like really developing like the Levine, uh, Vucevic, and DeRozan core, that would be a really good piece. Yeah. Yes, I agree. He's, I think he's also averaging 23 points a game this year. Yeah, he's been great. Or 21.6. So yeah, he's been good. So okay, so that's it for the 2020 class. So we you you would take Patty over everyone but Anthony Edwards, Lamelo, and Tyrese Halliburton, which is fair. I think I think that's a, that's a good uh good spot. Yeah. Oh, and Desmond Bain. Sorry. Yeah, and Desmond Bain. Sorry. Yeah, I gotta get him in there. Um, and then okay, here, here's the 2021 class. So last year's, Cade Cunningham. <sighs> Cade Cunningham. Yep. Jalen Green. Jalen Green. Yep. Evan Mobley. Mobley. Yeah. Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. I'm with you. Jalen Suggs. Uh, I'm taking Patty. I agree. Josh Giddy. He's been good. I'm taking Patty, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Patty. I don't watch the, enough of these guys, Jared, so this is kind of just me yeah, supporting fair. my guy. No, that's fair. Um, I think the only one I would – so far I would disagree with you on was maybe Giddy, but everything else on 2021, yeah. I agree with you. Franz Wagner. Franz. Yep, I agree. Uh, Herb Jones. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would take Patty. He's a defensive stopper. He's really good at defense, but his offense isn't, isn't as good as Patty. So I'll take Patty. Know. Yeah, I'm taking Patty. Okay, here. I'm, I'm curious for this one. You have to pick. Who would you want on your team, Io or Patty? Patty. Okay, yeah, easier, easier choice than I thought. Okay. I'd rather have Patty as well. Oh, okay. how about this one? Let me ask you this one. Would you okay. rather have uh, Dalen Terry or uh, in the potential that he could bring or Io? I think I'd rather have Io as of right now. I, yeah. I mean, even as not even as of right now, I think I'd have Io. I, I think Io has a lot of things he could add to his bag too. Like, dude, I, I'm, I don't know why. Like, I have not seen this man shoot a mid range. I I, don't, I could be just missing it, but I always feel like he's he's doing a layup or dunk or he's hoisting a three. You know what I mean? Like, he has this whole other part of his game that he could add to, um, add to his package. I, I to be honest, bro, I haven't even seen that much of Dalen Terry. I don't really know much about him. Like, what's his play style? Would you have a, a comp for him? Uh, can you can you say the player again? Sorry, I didn't. Uh, I was spaced out for a sec. It's all good. Dale and Terry. Like, what's his play style? Like, who does he play like? I've never seen him. Really dude, play. he brings. Oh yeah, I, I can't. I can't describe his play, dude. It's it's versatile. He has the type of like. I think the one thing that I noticed when I watched him play at Arizona last year was that he brought, like, a winning uh, attitude and approach. Like, if you just remember watching Arizona last year, they were mm-hmm. a very winning team. I think they were, like, 32-4 and four or something crazy like that. Like, they had a phenomenal year, and they were all surrounded around winning. 
Um, and I think that's just the type of energy. I think he's a really good teammate. Um, you can see even like when he doesn't play, like he's really good on the sideline. Like he's very animated and he brings a lot of positive energy and vibes. So mm-hmm. um, I think he's learning too. I think he actually will turn into something in my opinion. Um, and I think that's, it's a good sign in my opinion. I think the bulls are actually slowly drafting. Well, I think it's just, we haven't had a lot of draft capital recently yeah. and it's been hard to really like uh, immense ourselves in the talent. Like, uh, you know, OKC can, for example. Gotcha. I, I, I agree with you. We, we've actually had some nice young guys. Um, and I think you're right, dude. We traded a lot of draft capital for Booch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it is fair. It's fair to say that, you know, we have to see how we've developed these guys and with our timeline. So last question before we go. I just want to get your – give me just, – just give me a number. Okay. Scale of, one, scale of one to ten. Chicago Bulls. Three – now to three years – how optimistic are you on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most optimistic, the, the three year timeline, the next three years, give me 10 is the most optimistic. One is you're, you're pessimistic. Uh, I'm going to say five. Can I give a point? 5.2. 5.2. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so, I'm not, I'm not extremely excited about it, but I think there could still potentially be a future. Um, I don't really know. I don't think we're a championship team. Uh, like you said earlier in the podcast, but yeah, we'll see, I guess. No, I think that's fair, and I think probably a lot of Bulls fans agree with you. So, Yeah. Well, Gil, you're a pleasure to have on the pod, man. Thank you for coming prepared. You, you gave a lot of stats. I love that, Gil, the skill stat segment. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a good one, dude. I feel like that's a – could be a, like a, a thing on a pod. Just give some stats that might blow the fans away. I love that. Right. Well, thank you for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. It was uh, great being on, and, um, you know, everyone keep listening to us up. Sloppy seconds. You guys are doing great work over there. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. I'll see you probably this weekend. Yeah, sounds good, man. All right. See you, buddy. See you.